0: Welcome to our Clothes with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, October the 30th, 2023. And today's reading, well, it is the um, 30th Monday of ordinary time. And today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and a woman was there who for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. She was bent over, completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and she at once stood up straight and glorified God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, said to the crowd in reply, There are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said to him, Hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated. And the whole crowd rejoiced at all the splendid deeds done by him. So let's focus in on the crowd rejoicing. Why is this crowd rejoicing? What if we were there? What if you watched Jesus cure this woman? She was bent over for 18 years because of an evil spirit. I wonder if they knew about the evil spirit. Because if the only manifestation is her being bent over, well, how would they know? How, maybe she doesn't even know that it's an evil spirit. Jesus delivers her from the evil spirit and now she can stand up straight. Imagine knowing this person who's bent over. Um, maybe she's your friend. Maybe she doesn't have any friends because of her deformity. And is she trying to get better? Are there doctors/ barbers? Working on her, I made a joke about that the other day. Back in the day, we didn't really have doctors the way we have now. Saturday Night Live, Steve Martin said, uh, who's the barber here? You know, and he was really the doctor because, yeah, they did it all. And then there was Igor who said, oh, don't you remember me? You worked on my back, which is funny because he's completely bent over. Anyway, getting back to our serious message here. She's bent over for 18 years. Jesus cures her. Jesus delivers her from the demon. It wasn't even a physical ailment. It was a supernatural ailment. Nowadays, doctors could probably sense, well, what could they sense? Really nothing, (laughs) because they couldn't sense the demonic, but they could at least say, well, we have no physical explanation for this, and maybe they would try all sorts of things. But Jesus, in an instant, heals her, and he heals her on the Sabbath. So the crowd rejoices, number one, because the woman is healed. I mean, you've seen this lady for 18 years. This is a big deal. Number two, they're rejoicing at the wisdom of Jesus. These Pharisees must have been very oppressive to hang out with. And now they're mad about a woman being healed. Why? Probably. It doesn't exactly say this, but I bet you they were jealous. They've tried to heal her. They couldn't do it. Not only was it not in their skill set, but they're evil in their hearts. They're not going to perform miracles for the most part. They couldn't do it. Jesus does it. How many times in ministry have I seen one person does something really great and another person in the ministry, instead of praising either the fact that they did a great job or the fact that they had great results in terms of people receiving the message, No, instead they badmouth that person. Why? Because they didn't do it, because they're jealous. There's a lot of jealousy among the Pharisees. So they criticize Jesus for doing it on the Sabbath. Jesus has this amazing wisdom. Well, you feed your animals on the Sabbath, don't you? But there's a bigger picture going on here, and that's what I wanted to get into just a little bit here today, and that is freedom from repression, And repression is the worst when it's religious repression. God did not intend for people not to be charitable to each other on the Sabbath and help each other, especially when it comes to healing. Jesus is showing them something new. It's the new law, the new law of grace, the new law of mercy. The Sabbath is very much the day that healing should take place because as Jesus says, Man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. It is our day to be united with God. Nowadays, in places, I mean, it's usually a more more of a charismatic thing, but that's both Protestant and Catholic. When you will see in a Protestant church or a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, when you see people healing each other, people praying over each other and Jesus is healing them, it's usually happening on Sunday. Usually. I mean, yeah, there might be a prayer meeting during the week, but usually these things are happening on Sunday. Why? Because that's when God said, that's the time God set apart for us to be one with him. That's the day God rested. So we're highlighting the Sabbath. The Sabbath is awesome. These Pharisees made the Sabbath appear to be repressive. Like, oh no, here comes the Sabbath. It's the same way people feel about church. Oh no, darn it, I have to go to church. Man, that preacher was long. Ah, oh, I can't believe I had to sit there for an hour. When in reality, we should be like, yay, I get to go to church. You know why? Because healing takes place at church. I find peace, I get to receive Jesus, I get to hear his word. So Jesus is getting rid of that repression. Jesus is getting rid of the restrictions that are not supposed to be there. Jesus is not saying, let's disrespect the Sabbath. No, in fact, Jesus is showing the true dignity of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is exactly that sacred time where we experience healing, and this is just one person. So the Sabbath is for us. And our relationship with God needs to be seen as liberating. And that's just one, two major points I wanted to end with here. And I have a couple little stories, but one is people see God as repressive because of these religious leaders. And we have so many of them today. People see our faith as repressive. People see the whole experience as repressive, maybe because of things like the preaching stinks, the music stinks. And the people who do have positions of authority, quote unquote, as Jesus said to Pontius Pilate, you would have no authority unless it were given you from above. Well, these people like the Lord, their authority over others, and they're miserable. Instead of seeing it, instead of using it as a moment to say, we're going to spread the joy of Jesus Christ. We're going to spread the joy of the gospel. We're going to be liberated from our sins, from our addictions, from our curses and evil. Because you know what? There's so much evil out there. Nowadays, oh my goodness, there's so much oppressing people. People are getting into the worst stuff nowadays. Through the internet, through pornography, through drugs, through whatever. Who knows? Uh, Just even the commercials that we watch, who knows, like there's so much evil. It's this new age thing and the witchcraft and Wiccan and all this kind of stuff. Who knows what kind of spells are being put on the commercials, on the products. We know for a fact in ministry that when it comes to drugs, when it comes to anything sexual, there's all kinds of the evil that's placed on these things so that people get even more addicted to them. So we can pick up demons all over the place. It's just like catching bacteria, catching a cold or whatever. So Jesus is here to free us from that. When we come away from prayer, if it's been true prayer, we should feel a joy that then we carry with us into our week. There should be a constant joy that we are experiencing that's building up within us. So Jesus is trying to show us the Sabbath is for us. But also another major point here is, um, and this I I just constantly think of Pope John Paul's writings, theology of the body, phenomenology, even Pope Francis talking about accompaniment, that the Sabbath is for us, that the faith is for us, and that we deserve dignity. We deserve uh, consideration. We are not meant to be just part of some mass that everybody just yells at, well, you better do this or that, or you're going to hell. But the whole idea of phenomenology is, you know, Pope John Paul said it in all of his pro-life speeches. We're not just made with dignity of being God's creatures, God's people, but each one of us is unique and unrepeatable. In other words, there is so much dignity to each person that calls upon the love of God, because love the love of god is is where we come from it's how we were made it's what we were made from and so jesus is showing us this by curing this woman on the sabbath that her dignity is more important than their restrictive rules so jesus doesn't just want to free us from oppressive leadership and, and point us to the true leadership of God, but he wants to show each of us the greatness of our dignity. And this is another message we desperately need to hear nowadays. You and I are destined for greatness. You and I are children of the Father, and we deserve love, and we deserve that special consideration. We deserve people you know, just recognizing our gifts, recognizing our talents, our opinions, our feelings. It doesn't mean we don't need to be corrected when we go against the truth. I mean, yeah, truth is what it is, but still there is that message of the dignity of the human person and everyone is unique. Everyone deserves and requires love and attention and affirmation. And this is where we need to go in our church nowadays because so many people are wounded. Simply preaching to the masses doesn't work anymore. People need affirmation. People need accompaniment. And that's what Jesus is doing here with this woman, and he's pointing the way for all of us about how each one of us individually are so very very important this is another repression that we need to be freed from in our church and there's so many examples of that and it is something that i talk about all the time so i just think of um one thing i think of constantly is just the great experiences that i've had in my life when on retreat if anybody's ever been on a on a good retreat, a beautiful retreat, like, a, like one of these weekend retreats, sometimes even taking a week retreat. And maybe like when I do these high school retreats, maybe there's 20 kids, 25 kids. And during the course of those couple of days, those kids get a lot of individualized attention. And it's about healing them. It's about listening to them. It's about lifting them up and affirming them. That's the one major point here. But the other major point is is that it's about bringing them face-to-face with God, bringing them into that close proximity to a relationship with God, which maybe no one ever did for them before. They were just part of the masses. They go back to school, they're going to be with their 800, 1,000 other classmates, whatever. But in that special situation, you form a family bond with the other people, and you're getting that individualized attention of God loves me, I am lovable. These other people love me. And that's why when you run a successful retreat, and I've been part of them in leadership, and I've been part of them just as a participant, you don't want the experience to end because it's a taste of heaven. It's a foretaste of heaven. This is what our faith is supposed to be across the board. All of our masses, all of our services, all of our social events, and, and it doesn't happen in so many places, where you walk away feeling lifted up. You walk away feeling, man, I love those people. Those people are so nice. They're so good to me, and I love to pray, and I love to get close to God. This is why it's so important for us to be in prayer groups and to found prayer groups and get closer to these people and have Jesus at the heart of it all. And realize that we're in a family. Jesus shares his family with us. Mary is our mother. The angels and saints are our brothers and sisters, but also the people here on earth with us. We're all meant to be brothers and sisters in the Lord. So let's strive to build those bonds. Let's find some good retreats to go on. Let's find a church to go to where we feel that community and where the experience of worship is actually that it's worship, it's not just a bunch of people getting together as a Sunday morning activity, and then they go over to the hall and they all gossip about each other. Let's strive to find what we call communio, that communion that happens because of Jesus. That's the true nature of the church. It's not all these other things that we keep trying to redefine it as. It's always been a communion of the faithful. Brothers and sisters united in one family by the presence of Jesus Christ among us. Have a great day. God bless you.